Hi everyone, I'm Alex. Welcome to Reading Poorly. It's time for the second book. This one is wonderfully weird. A tale adapted many ways, including the dark, gothic video games that made me fall for the source material. Join me down the rabbit hole in Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Chapter 1. Down the Rabbit Hole Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the bank, and having nothing to do, once or twice she had peeped into the book her sister was reading, but it had no pictures or conversations in it, and, and what is the use of a book, thought Alice, without pictures or conversations? She was considering in her own mind, as well as she could, for the hot day made her feel very sleepy and stupid whether the pleasure of making a daisy chain would be worth the trouble of getting up and picking the daisies, when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. Man, I'm two paragraphs in, and I'm already going to say something. The last one, I don't know if this is the time period, or if it's British people, or just, you know, authors doing author things, but um, the the structure of the sentences, like, I mean, I'd call it a run-on sentence, but that doesn't do it justice. <laughs> I'm going to read the, the each of the first two paragraphs is only one sentence, okay, um, to give you a sense for how this is structured. I'm going to read the first paragraph again. Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the bank and of having nothing to do. Once or twice she had peeped into the book her sister was reading, but it had no pictures or conversations in it. And what is the use of a book, thought Alice, without pictures or conversations? That's one sentence. Um, by the way, where it sounded like I had a hard stop, the end of having nothing to do, there's actually a colon there. <laughs> I would not put a colon there, but, you know, Lewis Carroll can do what he wants for all I'm concerned. Okay, second sentence slash paragraph. So she was considering in her own mind as well as she could, for the hot day made her feel very sleepy and stupid. I do like my parentheticals, so I would probably write that. Whether the pleasure of ma making a daisy chain would be worth the trouble of getting up and picking the daisies, when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. And we move on. There was nothing so very remarkable in that, nor did Alice think it so very much out of the way to hear the rabbit say to itself, Oh dear, oh dear. I shall be late. When she thought it over afterwards, it occurred to her that she ought to have wondered at this, but at the time it all seemed quite natural. But when the rabbit actually took a watch out of its waistcoat pocket and looked at it, and then hurried on, Alice started to her feet, for it flashed across her mind that she had never before seen a rabbit with either a waistcoat pocket or a watch to take out of it, and burning with curiosity, she ran across the field after it, and fortunately was just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole under the hedge. I think that might have all been one sentence, too. Yep. <laughs> oh boy, I love my run-on sentences, but sentences, but man, okay. I do find it odd that she didn't wonder about the fact that there was a waistcoat for there to be a pocket in, <laughs> for there to be a watch in. But, you know, there's only so much wonder to have, right? In another moment, or in another moment, down, oh, in another moment, down went Alice after it, never once considering how in the world she was to get out again. A rabbit 
the rabbit hole, went straight on like a tunnel for some way, then dipped suddenly down, so suddenly that Alice had not a moment to think about stopping herself before she found herself falling down a very deep well. Either the well was very deep, or she fell very slowly, for she had plenty of time as she went down to look about her and to wonder what was going to happen next. That might have been the first end of a sentence. Yep, that was the first time I... Or this is the first paragraph. We are in the middle of the first paragraph that has multiple sentences in it in this entire book. Okay, either the well was very deep or she fell very slowly, for she had plenty of time as she went down to look about her and wonder what was going to happen next. First, she tried to look down and make out what she was coming to, but it was too dark to see anything. Then she looked at the sides of the well and noticed that they were filled with cupboards and bookshelves. Here and there she saw maps and pictures hung on pegs. She took down a jar from one of the shelves as she passed it. It was labeled orange marmalade. Ooh, Paddington would be pleased. But to her great disappointment, it was empty. Oh. She did not like to drop the jar for fear of killing somebody, so managed to put it onto one of the cupboards as she fell past it. Well, thought Alice to herself, after such a fall as this, I shall think nothing of tumbling downstairs. How brave they'll all think me at home. Why, I wouldn't say anything about it, even if I fell off the top of the house, which was very likely true. Down, down, down. Would the fall never come to an end? I wonder how many miles I've fallen by this time, she said aloud. I must be getting somewhere near the center of the earth. Let me see. That would, that would be about 4,000 miles down, I think. For you see, Alice had learned several things of this sort in her lessons in the schoolroom. And though this was not a very good opportunity of showing off her knowledge, as there was no one to listen to her, still it was good practice to say it over. Yes, that's about the right distance. But then I wonder what latitude or longitude I've got to. Alice had no idea what latitude was, or longitude either, but thought that they thought they were nice, grand words to say. And ironically, she probably isn't changing latitude or longitude much at all if she's going straight down. But, you know, she hasn't got to that point in her lessons, right? Presently, she began again. I wonder if I shall fall right through the earth. How funny it'll seem to come out among the people that walk with their heads downward. The antipathies, I think. She was rather glad there was no one listening this time, as it didn't sound at all the right word. But I shall have to ask them what the name of the country is. You know, please, ma'am, is this New Zealand or Australia? And she tried to curtsy as she spoke. Fancy curtsying as you're falling through the air. Do you think you could manage it? And what an ignorant little girl she'll think me for asking. No, it'll never do to ask. Perhaps I shall see it written up somewhere. Down, down, down. There was nothing else to do, so Alice soon began talking again. Dinah'll miss me much tonight, I think, or I should think. Dinah was the cat. I hope they'll remember her saucer of milk at tea time. Dinah, my dear, I wish you were down here with me. There are no mice in the air, I'm afraid, but you, you might catch a bat, and that's very like a mouse, you know. But do cats eat bats, I wonder? And here Alice began to get rather sleepy and went on saying to herself in a dreamy sort of way, Do cats eat bats? Do cats eat bats? And sometimes, do bats eat cats? 
for, you see, she couldn't answer either question. It didn't much matter which way she put it. She felt, she felt that, she felt that she was dozing off, and had just begun to dream that she was walking hand in hand with Dinah, and saying to her very earnestly, Now Dinah, tell me the truth, did you ever eat a bat? When suddenly, thump, thump, down she came upon a heap of sticks and dry leaves, and the fall was over. Alice was not a bit hurt, and she jumped up uh, onto her feet in a moment. She looked up, but it was all dark overhead. Before, before her was another long passage, and the white rabbit was still in sight, hurrying down it. There was not a moment to be lost. Away went Alice, like the wind. It was just in time to hear it say, or and was just in time to hear it say, as it turned a corner, Oh, my ears and whiskers, how late it's getting. She was close behind it when she turned the corner, but the rabbit was no longer to be seen. But the rabbit, yeah, the no, rabbit was no longer to be seen. She found herself in a long, low hall, which was lit up by a row of lamps hanging from the roof. There were doors all round the hall, but there, but they were all locked, like a video game, <laughs> where all the doors are locked, so no one can go through anything. Um, and when Alice had been all the way down one side and up the other, trying every door, she walked sadly down the middle, wondering how she was ever to get out again. Suddenly, she came upon a little three-legged table, all made of solid glass. There was nothing on it except a tiny golden key, and Alice's first thought was that it might belong to one of the doors in the hall. But, alas, either the locks were too large or the key was too small. But at any rate, it would not open, um, it would not open any of them. Um, I like that bit of perspective there where it's saying either the locks were too large or the key was too small. It's not the locks were too large for the key or the key was too small for the locks. It's accepting both perspectives as being valid. Um, I think that's, it might be. Um, well, I, I don't know if it's intentional or not. I can't speak to Lewis Carroll's intentions. Um, but in my mind, if I were to do it intentionally, the reason I would do it is, um, I guess you'd call it like childlike wonder. Like, you know, Alice is a child, um, and she lacks many of the biases that we might and probably do as adults where, you know, we're frustrated that this isn't working and we're just thinking, man, I have this key. Well, the key must be the thing, but all these locks are too big and that's where we stop. Well, she's thinking, you know, from, from multiple perspectives of the problem. Um, now it's not necessarily helping her solve the problem yet. Um, but it helps her to be more flexible. Um, and I think that's probably the only reason she survives Wonderland is that she, you know, she, she lacks those biases of this is how things should be. And, and you know, like seeing a talking rabbit, well, that, you know, whatever. <laughs> but he pulls out the pocket watch, <laughs> and that's the weird thing. Um, but, yeah, that's part of what's, what's 
cool or what's nice or what's interesting about the book is that that perspective that gets thrown in there. It's not one we see very often now, but um, okay. Or the key was too small, but at any rate, it would not open any of them. However, on the second time round, she came upon a low curtain she had not noticed before, and behind it was a little door about 15 inches high. She tried the little golden key in the lock, and to her great delight, it fitted. We would say fit now. I don't know if that's a you know colloquial thing or a British thing or what. But Alice opened the door and found that it led into a small passage, not much larger than a rat hole. She knelt down and looked along the passage into the loveliest garden you ever saw. How she longed to get out of that dark hall and wander about among those beds of bright flowers and those cool fountains. But she could not even get her head through the doorway. And even if my head would go through, thought poor Alice, it would be of very little use without my shoulders. Oh, how I wish I could shut up like a telescope. <laughs> I think I could, if only I knew how to begin. For you see, so many out-of-the-way things had happened lately, that Alice had begun to think that very few things, indeed, were really impossible. Can't blame her. There seemed to be no use in waiting by the little door, so she went back to the table, half hoping she might find another key on it, or at any rate, a book of rules for shutting people up like telescopes. This time she found a little bottle on it, which certainly had not been there before, said Alice. And round the neck of the bottle was a paper label with the words, Drink Me. Uh, it's all caps, I don't know if it matters. An angry tweet. Drink Me, beautifully printed out in large letters. It was all very well to say Drink Me, but the wise little Alice was not going to do that in a hurry. No, I'll look first, she said, and see whether it's marked poison or not. Probably a good idea. For she had read several nice little histories about children who had got burnt and eaten up by wild beasts and other unpleasant things, all because they would not remember the simple rules their friends had taught them, such as that a red-hot poker will burn you if you hold it too long, that if you cut your finger very deeply with a knife, it usually bleeds, and she had never forgotten that if you drink much from a bottle marked poison, it is almost certain to disagree with you sooner or later. That reminds me of, uh, there's a science teacher at my middle school who had, they called him his, they called it his three laws of the science classroom. And you would be surprised how often people forgot these. Mind you, this was eighth grade. People still forget them in high school and college and beyond. Round things roll glass things break and when you heat things they get hot <laughs> simple rules right easy to forget however this bottle was not marked poison so alice ventured to taste it and finding it very nice it had in fact a sort of mixed flavor of cherry tart custard pineapple roast turkey toffee and hot buttered toast she very soon finished it off that sounds like a someone pretending to be a wine connoisseur just coming up with random things that it tastes like. <laughs> um, some wine nomenclature actually means stuff. And, you know, uh, uh, whiskey and stuff, they'll, 
you know, tasting of things. I'm not quite sure how to generalize a sommelier in a other with other things. Um, sometimes they're just talking out their butts, but sometimes they're actually saying talking about something specific. I actually um, recently heard someone uh, discussing it and said, um, like, uh, sometimes wine really does uh, contain compounds that are also in black pepper. So, you know, when you say it has a peppery bite, that might be literally true. <laughs> um, and, and other similar, you know, compound type things. Um, and for some reason I'm reminded of the fact that, uh, imitation vanilla extract is made from wood, which when broken down produces the same compound that is found naturally in vanilla which is also why old books smell good. Have you ever noticed that? An old book, old paper broken down a little bit, not burnt, not from a smoking house, you know, when well cared for, old books smell like vanilla. Think on that one. What a curious feeling, said Alice. I must be shutting up like a telescope. Um, so I should point out in here, there are several lines of asterisks <laughs> um, between she very soon finished it off and what a curious feeling. My guess is that it's supposed to instill the reader with a sense of flutteriness. She's getting high, I, sort of, <laughs> or drunk or, you know, altered, which clearly, if you know the story, it's going to manifest in different ways. And so it was indeed. Now she was only 10 inches high. See, I told you she was getting altered. And her face brightened up at the thought that she was now the right size for going through the little door into that lovely garden. First, however, she waited for a few minutes to see if she was going to shrink any further. She felt a little nervous about this, for it might end, you know, said Alice to herself in my going out altogether like a candle. I wonder what I should be like then. And she tried to fancy what what the flame of a candle is, or sorry, what the, and she tried to fancy what the flame of a candle is like after the candle is blown out, for she could not remember having ever having seen such a thing. After a while, finding that nothing more happened, she decided on going into the garden at once, but alas for poor Alice. When she got to the door, she found that she had forgotten the little golden key, and when she went back to the table for it, she found she could not possibly reach it. She could see it quite plainly through the glass, and she tried her best to climb up one of the legs of the table, but it was too slippery. And when she had tired herself out with trying, the poor little thing sat down and cried. Come, there's no use in crying like that, said Alice to herself rather sharply. By the way, I'm trying to read this, like, matter-of-factly, because I always feel like that's how it's narrated. Um, it's way different. I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to keep up the energy every time. <laughs> um, I know that the quality of the reading varies in this, which is part of why I'm reading poorly, right? I, I well, read better some days and not so good other days, right? So I'm not going to apologize. I'm just going to read. 
she generally gave herself very good advice, though she very seldom followed it. And sometimes she scolded herself so severely as to bring tears into her eyes. And once she remembered trying to box her own ears for having cheated herself in a game of croquet she was playing against herself, for this curious child was very fond of pretending to be two people. But it's no use now, thought poor Alice, to pretend to be two people. Why, there's hardly enough of me left to make one respectable person. Soon, her eye fell on a little glass box that was lying under the table. She opened it and found it, or found in it a very small cake, on which the words, Eat me, again in angry tweet, were beautifully marked in currants. Currants are kind of like uh, raisins from a different fruit. Well, I'll eat it, said Alice, and if it makes me grow larger, I can reach the key, and if it makes me grow smaller, I can creep under the door. So either way, I'll get into the garden, and I don't care which happens. She ate a little bit, and said anxiously to herself, which way, which way? Holding her hand on top of her head to feel which way it was growing. <laughs> Just the thought of that. Relative, you know, relative size and all that stuff. And she was quite surprised to find that she remained the same size. To be sure, this generally happens when one eats cake. But, <laughs> but Alice had got so much into the way of expecting nothing but out of the way things to happen that it seemed quite dull and stupid for, for life to go on in this common way. Um, I know this book better than The Mysterious Affair at Styles. I, I had read that one a long time ago. Um, and it's been a while since I've read this one, but, um, I just love the tone of this book and I'm going to laugh so many times in this just because of the way she thinks of things and the way the narrator, the way she says things and the way the narrator says things. I, I'm not quite sure if the narrator and Alice are the same person. Like it's, it's not first person. Um, but you know, the, the narrator can still take Alice's perspective or not, even if it's a limited third person narrator. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm just going to read that paragraph again because I, I, it, I love it. <laughs> she ate a little bit and said anxiously to herself, which way, which way, holding her hand on top of her head to feel which way it was growing. And she was quite surprised to find that she remained the same size. To be sure, this generally happens when one eats cake. But Alice had gotten so much into the way of expecting nothing but out of the way things to happen that it seemed quite dull and stupid for life to go on in the common way. <laughs> okay, I'm moving on. <laughs> so she set to work and very soon finished off the cake. Um, there's more of the uh, fluttery asterisk things. And that's the end of the chapter. Thank you for listening this long to me reading poorly.